Podcasting from their dining room table in California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. There it is. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. That's us, boo. They're talking about us. It is. I'm so happy about us. Good for us. <laughs> Good for us. more positive in my yeah. head. Good for us. We're doing Good it. fun. People are talking, boo. Oh. What's going on there? Oh, boo, I am just great. Yeah? Feeling good. Got caffeine in me. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, how, how about you? Oh, if I'm, uh, well, I was going to, yeah. I'm good. I'm fair to Midland. Fair to Midland. That's pretty good. Is that middle of the road? It's that middle of the road. That's an old cotton term. As they would say <laughs> you in know, cotton? In the parlance of our times. Uh, no, I'm good. Yeah, that's how they used to grade cotton. Oh, here. I'll scooch. I'll scooch over so I, I can, can see I wanna, you. I want to be able to see you. Well, I'm beautiful. You are beautiful. Thank you. Look, you. You're looking uh, fresh today. Thank you so much. Looking a lot of makeup nice. and a lot of lighting. <laughs> la, yeah. la, la. How's everything else going with you? Oh, well, you know, my hair's an issue, but mm-hmm. I'll live. Okay. So what's, what's wrong with your hair? It's not great. You're always complaining about your hair. Uh, maybe not on the show, but around the apartment. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I like your hair. I think you have cute hair. Well, I hide it from you. If you I mean? if I let my hair down, mm-hmm. I look like Doc, not Doc Hollywood. What's that? What's that movie? Doc Brown. Doc Brown, Back to the Future. Yeah, I look like a mad person. Yeah, like she's gone mad, and I don't know what to do because I can't get extensions. I, it, it's okay. Maybe I'll get wigs. I'll get wigs now. I'm surprised you don't wear wigs. Really? In that you're very. Um, I don't know, for lack of a better term. I don't know all the terms. You're very glam. Well, I like glam. You like glam. I love it. You're always doing something. Yeah. You're always fiddling with your makeup, or with nails. your nails, yeah. with your hair. I'm surprised you haven't just gone, you know, full wig. Because you're obsessed with the housewives. Don't they all wear wigs? They don't wear wigs. They wear no? extensions. Okay. That's different. You did do that one time. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. I you had a real like a sister wife. Yeah, you had a real crazy. LDS vibe about you. It was so much money, too. It was like over $400. What? For the human hair, because you had to get the human one. There's different mm-hmm. kinds. And then the lady, it was like nine hours I was sitting there, because she was braiding in this fake hair. Mm-hmm. And it was, she was super nice, though. It was though. so long. It was so long. And I remember showing one of my friends, like, via text, and I was like, what do you think? And she's like, wow, it's long. Like, you know when girls say, like, oh, I'm just viewing what you're showing me? Mm-hmm. It's not a compliment. Yeah. It's like after a set where somebody comes up to you and is like, I like your shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I got that a lot. <laughs> At open mics. Anyway, we're good. I used to get, every now and then I would get, um, a couple hours ago, I did, well, in all my sets, I do a lot of jokes about being overweight, but I used to get... Um, at the end of the show, they'd shake my hand. Instead of saying, you're funny, or I enjoyed it, they go, you're not that fat. Oh. Okay. That's what you took away from my, okay, but thank you. I guess that's a compliment, but, like, that's the only comment was just, you're not that fat. Yeah, just lie. You're not that just funny, but good, you're not that fat. Good job, or yeah. how about that? So what can we do about your hair? There's nothing to do. 
I don't know. I checked biotin. I'm upset. Here's the thing. When I almost died years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, since I had to have surgery, uh, quickly, my body went into trauma mode, I guess. Mm -hmm. And the hair lady was like, oh, yeah, that happens a lot to people because then it just stopped growing. Like, I couldn't grow it. So that... Okay, I didn't know that's. Yeah, that was the one start thing of had my. To do with it. For context, uh, you spent 17 days in the hospital in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. You got a lung infection. Yeah, I was an idiot. I was mm-hmm. drinking my ass off, and I got uh, walking pneumonia. Mm. I just thought I was hungover every day, and then I collapsed in the French Quarter. But I loved it, in a way. You loved it. You loved to be in the <laughs> hospital for 17 days? I kind of did because yeah. I was taken care of. I had my own room. I got to watch like all the California. That's how I got into Bravo. Kind of like a medically induced spa treatment. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was awesome. I like that. I would make the nurses laugh. Mm-hmm. It was fun. <laughs> Flirty. <laughs> Festive. Man, waiting on you. Hand and foot, 24-7 for 17 days. I know. Lucky Boy, them. Those nurses need a, they need a medal. I know. <laughs> I, they just kept, I, I think there is a cap on morphine and stuff, but I don't know what happened because they just let me have it because I was in so much pain mm-hmm. and I would just always have the button. They did start ignoring the button. Yeah. I didn't have an advocate. You have to have an advocate. You have to have somebody in a hospital being like, what's you were there going alone. on? I was. That was during one of our uh, off-agains. Yeah. And weird. had I known, even if we were off, I would have gone out there and sat with you. Thank you. Maybe not for 17 days. but uh, Yeah. You know, that does make me sad. Thank Why? You. Just you being there alone in I a honestly, different city for 17 days by yourself. I loved it. It yeah. was like a codependent boot camp. Mm-hmm. It was great. Mm. I, I kind of miss it. <laughs> so ever since then, your hair's just gone downhill? Yeah. That's interesting. So, yeah, I understand male hair problems now. Yeah. I'm dealing with that. I'm getting I'm getting bald. No, you have good hair and eyelashes. It's a, super annoying. Spot and good skin. Ruined. I don't even know. Let's. You're a handsome man. Yeah. Good I'm, job. I'm a real babe. <laughs> you are. I'm a real babe. Um, how are you, boo? What's going on? I'm okay. On? I'm all right. I'm a little grouchy this morning. Why? Just because... Okay. Oh, God. But it's donut related. Oh, Lord. <laughs> we went to Krispy Kreme a couple weeks ago. Oh, and yeah. I thought it was just a, an error, a faux pas, or maybe that specific branch. But they took the world's greatest dessert off their menu. Chris, all right. People who know me know <laughs> I have strong feelings for Krispy Kreme. I'm pro Krispy Kreme. I'm, I'm not a Dunkin' guy. Dunkin' Donuts. They're embarrassing themselves. Well, they make great coffee. They do make great coffee. I was about okay. to say, they make great Fine. coffee. Make your coffee. <laughs> get the hell out of the donut game because you're embarrassing yourself, Dunkin' Donuts. They don't know what they're doing with the donuts. You would think it's in their name. They've been a business for, I don't know, ever since I've been alive. You'd think they'd figure out how to make a decent donut. Their donuts are trash. Krispy Kreme's superior. At least it was. The best dessert item I've ever had is the OG... Krispy Kreme glazed cream filled. Everybody likes the regular glaze, which is great. Just their, their standard delicious. signature donut. Delicious. It's it's absolutely delicious. Well, they used to have the Krispy Kreme uh, glazed cream filled, which was the same glazed donut, but there was no hole in it. You know, it was the full donut minus the hole. And they needed the full donut because then they would then insert buttercream, vanilla buttercream, not custard. Ugh. There's nothing worse than thinking you're biting into a filled buttercream donut and then you get that 
just bland. Oh, I love the custard. Just oh, just it's like pudding. Soulless, flavorless goop. Okay, let's not get that into that again. We're it's not, not the, have custard's the custard pr- problem. But okay. my point is the the buttercream. I love any. I love um, what's the little um, like French pastry that looks like a. Uh, cream horn. You ever had a cream horn? No. Oh, what? it looks like a little cornucopia <laughs> thing, and they put the buttercream in there. and Kind of similar to like a cannoli, but much better in my opinion. Anyway, love buttercream. Okay. So they used to have the glazed cream filled, which was the full glazed donut with no icing or anything on top, just no chocolate. Now they have, they well, now they've always had, they've kept the chocolate iced cream filled. Okay. Which is what I'm explaining, but then they put the chocolate on top. The buttercream is so good, it doesn't need chocolate. Chocolate confuses everything. Also, when they ice the top with chocolate, the whole the whole donut is no longer glazed. All right. Ideally, if I was in charge, if you got to make the chocolate ice cream filled, you dunk the whole thing in glaze. Great point. Then put the chocolate on, then put the cream in, whatever. Point is, they used to have the glazed cream filled, which is just the greatest thing in the world. You got that buttercream in there, and you bite around it, and you get the big shot of butter. Oh, so good. Well, about two years ago, they changed that to what they called the original glazed original cream, (gasps) which, and I loved this thing. This was their original glazed donut with the hole, but they somehow figured out how to insert a ring of buttercream into it. So you can take the the glazed cream filled off the menu if we've got the original cream, original glaze. Original glaze, original cream is what they called it. Regular glazed donut, but with buttercream on the inside. And then they had a couple little stripes of it on top. And I was like, okay, this is great. They have since taken that off the menu. The only donut on their lineup that even has buttercream now is the uh, the chocolate iced, what do they, they call it? The chocolate iced donut with cream filling. But I'm looking at their lineup now. <laughs> we got glazed raspberry. We got glazed lemon filled. We got chocolate ice custard filled. Well, I don't chocolate mind. iced with cream. Cake batter donut. The best thing they ever had going was some sort of glazed with buttercream, whether it be the filled or whether it be the, you know, the original with the ring inside. And I'm just, uh, I can't, I'm just disappointed. Uh, they got all, they got everything you could imagine now. Just, just a bunch of nonsense, but not, oh. they got pumpkin spice, maple pecan. Okay, enough with the pumpkin Chocolate spice. ice glaze with sprinkles. I mean, what are we doing? I'm just, it's just been tough for me, you know? Well, also, it was our wedding cake. Mm-hmm. Remember, we mm-hmm. just got a bunch of those donuts and my nephew was in charge of doing the donut tower, and he misunderstood the assignment. It was a very sparse donut yeah, tower. Yeah, I wanted it to be kind of filled up, and he, he spaced them out. But anyway, here nor there. but that but, yeah. was so good. I wonder why. Maybe, Maybe it's too much work to put the thing, you know what I mean? It's more of a pastry. I know the donuts are pastries. But I'm just saying maybe it's more legwork for them to put the hole and the thing. They got I, a bunch of cake donuts. Cake donuts are garbage. Yeah, I don't it's know. too dense, too crumbly. The light and fluffy, the just the fried yeah. dough with the glaze and the cream. Mm. Well, this is just these are the well, things that I worry about. I understand. Boo. So and it's, I'm sorry. It's oh, perfect timer. <laughs> perfect There's our timing. timer. <laughs> Shut up about donuts, Dave. But uh, anyway. Oh my god! But maybe it's a good thing because I'm off sugar. I know I you've been had sh- doing so good. I've had no sugar, no carbs. For, uh, this is day seven, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to die. But um, <laughs> it's time to be less Dave. A lot of meat. I've lost six pounds this week. It's amazing. It's the Dave meltdown. It's a lot of uh, a lot of meat. Yeah, I'm doing... Uh, I didn't want to talk about this too early because I wanted to get a little success behind me. I've only lost six pounds, but uh, I was going to wait a few weeks to rack those numbers up. But yeah, I'm going full carnivore. Good. Full carnivore. You know, you're not supposed to have coffee on the carnivore, but I have removed, I don't have any sugar in this. I just have heavy cream. So some carnivore people, you can have dairy because it's anything that comes from an animal oh. and dairy, you know, being, but uh, yeah, the real hardcore people are like, you're not even supposed to have coffee because it's a bean. Oh. Like everything should come from an animal. So I'm not that hardcore, but I've just removed all sugar and all carbs. And uh, so no, no veggies, no starches, just meat. And uh, it's getting hard. Yeah. I, okay. Can I, can I just, a lot, I of, just, eggs, um, a lot yeah. of ribeye steaks, which is, it sounds amazing. I never wanted to be in a position where I got sick of ribeye steak. Steak <laughs> has always been symbolic at least for me, of like, oh, things are going pretty well. I'm eating a steak tonight, not ramen or jack-in-the-box. Yeah. But now I'm kind of getting sick of ribeye steak. Well, that's it's... A, that's a bougie problem, I it guess. It is a bougie problem. But I think when I was like, oh, let's just switch to fish, the carnivore diet is more fatty meat, you told yeah, me. Yeah, it's fatty meat. You, I mean, obviously, you can have fish, and you can have chicken and stuff, but I think the... And I still don't know all the science behind it, but... My whole life, I was told to avoid fat, and now everybody on the internet's like, eat your fat, like yeah. fatty meat. <laughs> yeah. The fat's from meat and stuff, so like lean chicken and fish and stuff, you know, it, it'll pass, it'll do, but that's not ideal on the carnivore diet. But anyway, we'll see. Six pounds in a week, uh, no sugar, no carbs. Oh, just wow. uh, Last night, I just made a pork shoulder. <laughs> yeah, well, I stewed I usually roast the pork shoulder, like kind of Cuban style, like uh, lechon asada. On the side. Instead, I did like a stewed <laughs> thing. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. And it just, uh, it was a little mushy, but uh, that's okay. Um, I'm concerned. Yes. I Okay, here's the great thing about your dieting, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll move on. Mm-hmm. But I just want to say, great job. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. But I never realized how much I rely on you for food. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> lately, with your whenever you go on a really hardcore diet, I'm like, uh, I want anything else. So now I'm into veggies because yeah. I got a little sick of meat. Yeah, you're finally into veggies. I know. And that's fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's um, it's been very meat heavy. And mm-hmm. I, I'm thrilled yeah. with your diet. It just, you know, I, I like sides. No, I do too. The other day I had Bush's baked beans. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. Yeah, you made them yourself. Yeah, I put it in the microwave. There you go. Not even in the saucepan on the stove. That's too much work. Microwaved canned baked beans. There we go. <laughs> They're very good. Can't be that bad for you. Beans are good. They're good for your heart. Hmm. More you eat them, more you toot. Oh. Nope. No. Beans, beans, tropical fruit. Boo, we're done with beans. Uh, we're done with beans, okay? Beans are over, Dave. 562-548-2012. In that order. 562-548-2012. That's the number you can call 24-7 and get in touch with old dumb Dave and Katie. Yeah, we're doing calls uh, again. We We kind of took a break. We We took a break, but, um, you know, I thought we'd get back in touch, uh, and uh, we got one queued up here. Katie, girl, I need to know your take on the Lizzo allegations. Maybe that's what you were going to talk about anyway, but I need you Specifically, I need to hear you 
talk about it and your take on it. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. She didn't leave awesome. a name, but uh, yeah, thanks for checking in. Yeah. She wants to, didn't, doesn't care about my opinion. No, not on at Lizzo, all. And most people don't. Uh, <laughs> whenever there's Lizzo gossip and breaking news, uh, very few people think, I wonder what Dave thinks. Um, I'm not super familiar with Lizzo. I know who she is. Yeah, she did that smash hit song I always jam to. I've heard a few songs. I've been listening to her stuff more frequently in that um, my good buddy Joshua Ray Walker just released a new album. All female pop covers. I love this album. And he does. His first single was a Lizzo song. Um, Yeah. I forgot the name of it. Um, Because I Love You or something. He... I, I don't know the original version. I don't know her version, but I just know that that's a Lizzo song. Yeah. And uh, been listening to that whole album. So Lizzo's been on my brain yeah. lately because of uh, old Joshua Ray Walker. By the way, if you don't know Joshua Ray Walker, you're a country music fan. Uh, and also it's Dave's best friend. He's a beast. FYI. We hung out. No big deal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, great new album. Um, yeah. Okay, Lizzo. Lizzo, she's a pop star. Now she's a big gal, right? Okay, yes, mm-hmm. she and she's all about body positivity. Okay. And about a year a year and a half ago, she was just blowing <laughs> blowing up. And <laughs> I don't mean that derogatory. Uh, I'm a big guy. I'm yes. a big guy. I didn't some I people didn't mean like it call it that way either. Anyway. Yeah. Uh so she all about, you know, there's Harvey. He loves Lizzo, obviously. Um so yeah, body positivity and all her uh, dancers, everyone's like it. Do, you don't have to be a size zero, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's very sure, especially on Lizzo's tour. Tour yeah. on her crew. Okay, you would think she would want people that you know yeah. compliment her size, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because I liked Lizzo. Uh, what was that Amy Schumer movie? Trainwreck. Trainwreck. She had a great song oh, in really? that. And that's how I got started on the Lizzo train. But then I kind of fell off. Um, but yeah, she apparently has been, I know this is an older story, but she got, uh, she's been sexually harassing her dancers. Really? Yeah. I wonder how so. They just, they always put blanket statements like sexual harassment. But I did hear in Amsterdam at like an adult club strip club probably uh she made one of her like either assistants or dancers touch someone uh inappropriately like one Mm -hmm. of the dance uh the people entertaining Mm -hmm. so there's that uh she also made one of her dancers touch the exotic dancer yeah like Mm -hmm. go grab that guy's penis i'm Mm -hmm. assuming or something or grab the woman's boobs Mm -hmm. who knows what got grabbed but it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, also, she was to- uh, verbally abusive, and she was actually getting mad at her dancers for gaining weight. Really? So she was getting, yeah, she was body shaming people. On and this is okay. a lady known for, what was that? Harvey. What'd he do? He d- <laughs> God! This is why we can't have nice things. Oh, man. He just knocks over the timers. Yeah. It's very rude. Maybe that's um, why we shouldn't let the cats on the table while no, we're recording. They need a nice space. Anyway. Right. Um, it's a free range. <laughs> it's a free range. So, but she's okay. known, okay, however you want to slice it, she's a larger yeah. woman, which is fine. I'm a larger woman. Yes. Um, but that's, and, and she's known for body positivity. Yes. But yet she's fat shaming her own backup dancers? Or? Yes. And, like, a lot of verbal abuse. So, when things like this come out, I 
for some reason with Lizzo, I've always been like, hmm, like her vibe to me is interesting. Like I felt it wasn't really real. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like she was like body positivity. I felt like she was going on that train in a way mm-hmm. to get people to be behind her. Yeah. This is all just my intuition. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I heard this, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, awful. I, I don't like when anybody abuses their power in mm-hmm. any way. Yeah. Uh, and it's so much projection. Like, I feel like when you're being that mean and that controlling, uh, there's something going on with you, obviously, mm-hmm. and the hate that you have within yourself. So mm-hmm. it just seems to be just, I'm going to rule the world. It's just like, you know, Donald Trump in a way. Yeah, maybe somebody who gets that rich and famous and well, off, often fast. that equates to power, mm-hmm. you know, maybe just I'm, I'm bulletproof. I can do and say and behave yeah. any way I want. And I think I'm she so won a Golden Globe. I think she won like a bunch. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. a year of like, holy crap. And she had like an entourage of people. Mm-hmm. Like she really was just, you know, a big thing. <laughs> God, I know pop star wise. Yeah. And so when this came out, Whenever stuff like this comes out, I think they have PR crisis teams Mm. where they call and they're like, help, this is a big deal. The fact that it took some time to even get a PR crisis team, Mm -hmm. to me, like, is the biggest red flag. Like, she, if this is, if this, then what else? We're Mm -hmm. only hearing little snippets. Mm -hmm. For these dancers, one just quit. Three of them, I think, got fired. Uh for basically no reason, but they just didn't want to be verbally abused anymore Mm -hmm. or they kind of stood up for themselves. So in that context, I just think I, I, I want to be a Lizzo fan, but I find that monstrous and almost cult leadery. Like I feel like a lot of pop stars or celebrities kind of get, okay, I'm great. I want to be surrounded by yes men. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like here, here, yes men, yes men. Mm -hmm. And then that power goes their head. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sexual the, harassment, word meanness, not a fan. Word meanness. I hate it. <laughs> Get out of here, Lizzo. The whole body positivity thing is interesting too because, uh, you know, I get it. I, I get not shaming people that may be, you know, too big or whatever. But of like, course. it feels like, and I don't know when that whole thing started, you know, 10 years ago, five years ago, the whole body positivity thing. But like, no, that's great. We it should great. we shouldn't ridicule and shame overweight people. At the same time, I don't know if it should necessarily be celebrated in that <laughs> regardless of how you feel about it and blah blah blah, at the end of the day, being morbidly obese is not a good thing for your own health and probably for your own mental state and, you know, as a big guy, like I've dealt with it my whole life, like I know that I need to get smaller for my own health and for my own longevity. My point is like, I've never been one, you know, well, I've never done it myself because I've always been a big guy, but I definitely don't think overweight people should be ridiculed or shamed, but the whole I'm fabulous, like you're okay. Sure. You're fabulous, but you're also on a road to some repercussions health wise. Like it shouldn't necessarily be celebrated. Right. Like, look how, I'm a hundred pounds overweight. Cha-ching. Like, no. You, you well, know. I think there's a balance, it's your own right? thing. But yeah. yeah. I think, yes, I love that we have models now that are 
regular size. That yeah, we have I'm all for that. That's great. That are people that are like me. It's not mm-hmm. it. There's no. I'm glad we're taking the perfection crap out of it, because mm-hmm. uh, there's two ways to look at it. There's the Kardashians who literally look like walking avatars mm-hmm. and then yeah, they look ridiculous and and i know they're beautiful and i you know they've created almost their own beauty that mr potato head thing though yeah well i'm but there's that end and then there is that uh other end which is look at me i'm very you know i'm larger i think you should celebrate yourself but again there's a balance yeah. there is self-care stuff there is health stuff and it doesn't mean you have to be a size zero. It just means, oh, wait, like I want your insides to work well. Yeah, yeah, for your own <laughs> As health. As an ex-personal trainer, I'm yeah. like, okay, please mm-hmm. just be careful. Like, because food, all that stuff, it, it catches up. Yeah. Like anything. Too much Botox catches up. Mm-hmm. It You look like a fish after a yeah. while. You know, it's just an interesting dichotomy but uh to wrap up lizzo uh you know our prayers are with you please just get better you know let's let's take accountability let's say okay you know what yeah i was in amsterdam and i was crap faced uh, i shouldn't have made my dancers do that i'm sorry and let's move on you mm-hmm. know what i mean and and figure out how to make it right yeah and well, yeah. and, you know. And I know that that takes courage, though, and that takes self-reflection, and a lot of people don't like that. Well, you know, I think it all also just funnels down to just don't be a shithead. Yeah. Stop being a shithead. <laughs> I know. Lizzo, like, that sounds like shitty behavior. Just don't don't be a shithead. Yeah. Look at that. All per- right. Perfect timing. All right. Let's get another call oh. in. Good morning. Happy Monday, Stonebergs. This is um, Maverick from Central Valley, California. I am very grateful, thankful for your podcast, for the distraction. Uh, just being me and my family have been going through it, going through it. Anyways, just I'm on TikTok now as well. I started following Katie. I bugged her with one comment. Um, BS underscore serpents is what I'm trying to do. Blue sheep serpents. It's a, a Patreon. Just hoping to do something different. I'm a hard worker. Not afraid of hard work. I love my job now. Got a new job this year. But it's just not enough, and we just keep going through it. So just thank you so much for listening. And the first goal is just 50 patrons. I'll probably bug you tomorrow. Just thank you, thank you, thank you, and you guys have a great day. Aw. Hi, Maverick. That's old Maverick. Uh, Maverick, my apologies. Um, some of these phone calls kind of go into different folders, and I didn't really realize that yeah. uh, he's called a lot in the last few months. Aww. And Maverick, I don't want you to think that we were uh, purposefully ignoring you. Yeah, we're not ignoring. Um, but, also, uh, TikTok, I am the worst at Maverick. I'm trying to get better. So I'm sorry if I just liked a comment or if I didn't like respond in a, I, I'm not, I just have ADHD and I just get, I go back to Instagram stories mm-hmm. of, you know. Anyway, um, also, I'm sorry your family's going through it. That's hard. Yeah, that that's never good. I mean, I hope. family stuff. Uh, yeah. I hope everything's. The snake uh, thing, I'm not. Better, but yeah, so he's, uh, he didn't really have a question per se, <laughs> yeah. and uh, screening some of his old phone calls, uh, you know, couldn't really find a, a question, but I think uh, he's a listener, he's an avid listener, we certainly appreciate that. Yeah. Maverick, that's a rad name, by the way, I hope that's your real name. I love that. Uh, you know, hey, this is Maverick Jones over here. Uh, but uh, his TikTok BS underscore serpents. I'm on there now. Oh, okay. What is and, he doing? Uh, What's happening? It's it's just uh, it's a snake thing. 
his profile, busy family man, snake keeper slash breeder. Venmo oh. at BS underscore serpents. Patreon.com slash BS underscore serpents. So, so he uh, sells snakes. Yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, he's a keeper slash breeder. Okay. So he's got snakes and he breeds snakes. What if he didn't sell them? I just, <laughs> I just like to watch them breed. I make videos of snakes. Look at them go. Um, snakes are interesting to me. I am, you know, reptiles have always been, they got a harsh rap, you know? Yeah, reptiles are cool. I don't know if they're, you know, I'm always leery. No offense to you, Maverick. Uh, I'm always leery of people that uh, have reptiles or amphibians or yeah. whatever as pets. Right. I mean, I love turtles and lizards and shit, but I just, you know, I mean, yeah, I guess I'd like to have a big, what is it? What's, what's, an, what's an aquarium without water? Terrarium? Yeah, ter- terrarium. I wouldn't mind having a terrarium with some turtles hanging out or whatever. But um, I don't think I've ever met somebody who's, like, really into reptiles and (laughs) stuff where I'm like, I want to hang out with that dude. Right. Uh, You know, not that there's anything wrong with him, but he's just, he's walking on a different path. You know what's interesting to me, too? Uh, Snakes always baffled me with the eggs. Mm -hmm. They lay eggs. I don't know why. I just always, I guess that's my stupid brain, Mm -hmm. associating it with birds. I appreciate eggs, Mm -hmm. you know. Do, do you make snake egg omelets like chicken eggs? Is that a thing? That's a great question. I mean, it's a dumb question, but it's, it's a great question. It's super dumb. Yeah. But I think that's interesting to say. But, Maverick, I love that you're into something. Yeah. It's good to be into something. Yeah. And, yeah, if you're trying to sell some snakes, there's a market for snakes. Is there? I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming <laughs> there is, or else uh, Maverick wouldn't be pursuing this business adventure. Uh, adventure. Venture. Um but I, I wish you great success and also way to way to just start something. It's hard to just get going with a side hustle. He's got a butterbee ball python on here. What's a butterbee ball python? Butterbee ball python. Is it just pretty? Is it like white and yellow? Yeah, it's pretty cool. He's got uh, a blanche. I don't know if that's the species or the name. Oh, that's blanche cute. is just a kind of an albino, oh. solid white looking thing um yeah snakes you know (laughs) do you think buddy i'm not here to judge perfect Perfect timing timing. let's let's wrap that one up (laughs) give it the life thank you maverick Maverick. uh best of luck uh if we have any listeners that are really into snakes uh and you want to join his patreon uh what did what i say underscore patreon.com slash bs underscore serpents there you go trying to get up to 50 patrons do Uh, it me too i'm trying to reach 50 patrons we're knocking on the door of 50 (laughs) at uh, dave's kitchen patreon if i want to plug somebody else's patreon i'm going to plug my own as well get it uh i don't have any snakes but i I cook a bunch of stuff (laughs) patreon.com slash dave's kitchen (laughs) i think i'm in the 40s now i would love to one day get triple digits on that Patreon, but uh, you know it's a it's a slow work in progress, and Maverick can uh, sympathize with that. But uh, best of luck to you, Maverick. Best of luck. Appreciate you checking in. Sorry we uh, missed all these other calls. I know. Um, but yeah. So anyway, five six two five four eight two zero one two. We want to uh, get back into the calls. Yeah. If you have forward. a question or if you need encouragement, you mm-hmm. don't even have to leave your name. Mm-hmm. You could text us at that same number as yes. well. Yes. So yeah. But, give, uh, us a, give us a little shout-out. Trying out. to be a little more listener interactive here yeah. on the Stonebergs. But uh, another thing we've been trying to do in the last several uh, weeks or months in terms of uh, reformatting the program is uh, delve into a different uh, topic. 
each week. And like we've said before, we've never, we don't really know what the theme of our, of our podcast is. <laughs> but um, if I had to come up with a, a, a quippy little slogan, I would probably say uh, the Stonebergs. Adventures in human behavior. I would agree. Um, we didn't really set out for it to be that theme, but just by our nature as both comedians, um, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in the way people behave. And then <laughs> you with your background with uh, mental health. Over 20 years of therapy. Therapy and, and different meds and stuff. You obviously have uh, taken quite an interest in how not only your but other people's brain works and uh, what motivates certain types of behavior. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to dive into some different topics each week. And uh, as you can see with your beautiful I made uh, a sign. sign here, uh, I have no idea what shadow work is. Did you Now, are you being cute, or is that how the term is spelled? I was being cute. Okay. It's just work, uh -huh. but I was so proud of this sign. See, here's uh -huh. the thing. I got a stair stepper uh -huh. in the mail. Um from Amazon, and I decided to recycle the cardboard and, and put our topics on it each there week. There you go. Look at you. So, yeah. You're so uh, crafty. I'm crafty. Got a little um, easel back there. So, shadow work. We're, that's what we're talking about. Shadow work. Now, I know about shadow people. We used to talk about that some on the Boogie Monster. Okay, so what's shadow people? Shadow people are like um, these entities. Nobody knows if they're, you know, supernatural or if they're ghosts, but just uh, have you ever been trying to fall asleep in your bedroom and all the lights are out and then sometimes you think maybe in the corner you saw like an outline of a of a human figure oh my god yes you know, like a shadow yes walking down the hall where there shouldn't be a shadow that mm -hmm. kind of stuff so that's uh that's and is it a ghost or is it an actual nobody knows thing? okay I, yeah yeah we wow. per usual on the boogie monster we never solved any mysteries or <laughs> came to any uh, logical conclusions on any of those topics, but uh, point being, that's the only thing I know about uh, shadow stuff is just, you know, obviously I'm familiar with an actual shadow, but uh, when you first started talking about shadow work, I thought maybe it had something to do with shadow people, but this is something completely different. Well, it's interesting because it is a very similar thing. Also, Boogie Monster is hilarious and amazing, and I loved how you guys did it. Well, thank you. Just side note. On hiatus. hiatus um, so shadow work. I don't work. know, and by the way, oh, to answer, I, I don't know when... Coming back, we, <laughs> I, uh, we get a lot of, we, we've been on hiatus for a few months now, and I didn't realize how uh, upset that would make so many listeners. So yeah. in a way, I'm flattered that people give a crap enough. That, but yeah, uh, probably every day I get a message about, why'd you, why'd you get rid of that? When's it coming back? Aww. And there was no falling out, by the way. You know, there was no, yeah, no. nothing uh, like that. Kyle and I still remain great friends. Um, but, you know, I've had enough of him. I need a break <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, I just, yeah, that's uh, another story for another okay. day. But anyway, another, you, you brought up Boogie Monster. Listen, so, yeah. I understand. Yeah. Okay, so shadow work comes from the concept of shadow self. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty self-explanatory, right? So, mm -mm. Mm -mm. no? Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know what shadow self is. <laughs> okay, so according to psychologist, um, okay, uh, Young, Carl Jung. Yes, Carl Jung. I think Jung. technically people Jung, Jung, but I think just Jung. Jung. Point being, it's it's the Y, not the J sound. So 
Jung and Freud. That was around the same period. So Freud uh, is another psychologist, and he kind of came up. You'll hear like Freudian slip mm-hmm. or whatever, and that is his way. Is that when he fell down the staircase? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you do therapy. Gotcha. You just go and <laughs> fall downstairs every session. Yeah. <laughs> it's real good. Um, but he was all about the subconscious mind. Mm-hmm. So when you dream, it means something, right? It's a window into, oh, that means, you know, you and your mother have fights because you dreamed about a certain thing or whatever the dream interpretation is. That was what he kind of started his study in. And he was big into the mother concept. Mother, is, father, and how that patriarch. Relates to yes, yeah. 100%. I mean, the obvious thing there is, I guess, you know, one of the characteristics of him is people say that he led it all back. Everything led back to you want to you want to sleep with your mom. It really was. You, that's really bizarre. Yeah, he had some stuff. Mm-hmm. He definitely had some stuff. Mm-hmm. He had some shadows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, okay, so Dr. Young uh, was all about personality, the persona that we show to everyday people and how we show that in public. And the shadow self is what we remain private. We hide it, right? So unlike the persona, the shadow becomes traits of a person that you don't like. You don't want anyone to know about, right? Okay, okay. So I always was like, okay, I want to be seen as perfect. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to uh, show so any of my So shadow meaning like we'll keep this in the dark. Yes. We'll keep it Yeah, hidden. so to remember it, mm-hmm. it's like that thing that, that brings you shame. That okay. you grew up, and what was the first thing of shame that you felt? Hmm. And that's kind of how you start. Okay, so this is some deep crap, so let's get into it. Um, I don't view shadows as negative. As I always say, um, I love all the shades of people, and I do. And I prefer knowing shadows because that's what makes you a person. Mm-hmm. Every single person has a shadow, by the way. Even Mother Teresa had one. You know, like, it's it's a part of you that makes us human, right? Sure. Yeah, no one's perfect. No. No one wants to reveal or expose every single detail about their personality or their past or no. whatever. So the goal of shadow work is to look at your shadow and your persona you present to the world, and you can learn to kind of integrate it, mm-hmm. right? So you want to accept yourself. Uh, oh, I do this crap, this comes up in different ways. That's why I do it. So it's really like cognitive behavioral therapy, but real inner work because Jung, like Freud, was all about the subconscious. So he thinks dreams are important and stuff, but it's in a different way. So he was almost more spiritual, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I was going to start with like a little quiz, okay. if you don't mind. Sure. Okay, you want to do a shadow work? It's only 15 questions, okay. and we're going to see what your shadow is. Oh, boy. <laughs> Yay, let's see. <sighs> and this is very, oh, by the way, guys, I'm not a psychiatrist. I have no degree in anything. This stuff just fascinates me. Okay, okay. I always love that preface. Now, keep in mind, I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I just am telling people mm-hmm. So they don't get all No, I appreciate that, but yeah. Okay, number one. As a child, A, my parents accepted some parts of me, but not others. B, I was given permission to be by myself. C, my parents flat out rejected me. I'd probably say A, the first one. Cool. And that again is the, uh, (laughs) what what was that answer? Uh, 
Oh, uh, what is a? My parents accepted some parts of uh-huh. me, but not others. Yeah, I feel like. Or was it B? I was given permission to be myself. No, I definitely like. There was definitely. My parents were great, but there was definitely unstated restrictions okay. put on my personality and behavior. Just okay. meaning I, you know, it, I wasn't allowed to just do and say whatever I wanted whenever I wanted. Right. They were very traditional in the sense that, you know, when we're in church, you shut the hell up and pay attention. Or when company's over, you put on some good manners and, you know, that kind of thing. Okay. But uh, for the most part, you know, they, yeah, they weren't like, you know, you, you hear like some friends or whatever grew up, mm-hmm. you know, on the West Coast with super liberal parents and they were allowed to express themselves and do it. There was none yeah. of that. It was, there was definitely kind of a... um a filing cabinet that we were supposed to put ourselves in. Like, you behave this way, and then, you know, depending on the situation or the scenario, we'll give you room to express yourself and and be a kid. But Mm -hmm. there was definitely uh, expectations set on our behavior and our personality as far as how we were supposed to behave and how we were supposed to act. And then, to a certain degree, how you're supposed to think. I mean, that's my (laughs) problem with, you know, conservative culture in general of, like... Just, you know, you can raise a kid in a manner of, you know, you teach them manners, you teach them values and stuff, but just when you start that whole, I'm a Republican because my daddy was a Republican. Right. I think this because my daddy thought, well, that's all great, but you ever form any opinions of your own? Okay. Anyway, that's another As a child for me, I'm going to do this with you in tandem so you don't feel alone. Um, Okay, so one parent did flat out reject me, (laughs) but the other parent loved me. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with flat out Mm -hmm. rejected just because, you know, I don't think they really accepted parts of me. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) number two. What do you mean by that, though? Let's not gloss over this. I want to know what you're talking about. Okay, so. How did they reject you? What, What parts of you did they not accept? You know what? I think they were tired. Yeah. I think they were so tired. Because you, you were the th- third of three. My dad calls it the trailer. You were the, the youngest. most expensive accident ever. And you've mentioned that uh, you weren't <laughs> necessarily fine. planned. Nope. So um, I could see how that would be like, ugh, we're doing this again? Yeah, imagine. Eight <laughs> year, you have a 10-year-old and an 8-year-old, two <laughs> girls. Yeah. You're like, cool, they're getting into the fun ages, kind of whatever it is. And then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, I'm coming in. Knock, knock. Um... <laughs> but how, how, when you say your dad rejected you, what do you mean by that? I felt rejected a lot because, and I look back at it, and that was me being very sensitive. Mm-hmm. But I, and you know me, if I, if I feel something in the room or if there's like tension, I'm just like, uh, uh, what's happening? Like, mm-hmm. I just felt like I was always walking on eggshells and couldn't be myself to the point where my mom thought I was an introvert all the way. Like I, because I grew up on a ranch, kind of isolated Mm -hmm. alone. And yeah. Oh, this is hard to get into. I don't know why. Ooh. I know. Are we shining light on your shadow? Yeah, I guess so. Um, shit. Okay. We'll keep going because here we go. No, 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 no. You don't have to talk about anything (laughs) if it makes you uncomfortable. No, no, no. I'm not uncomfortable. No, no. Uh, Long story short, I think my parents were working so hard. They were farmers. 
And my dad also had a trucking company that he worked out. And and so he was just always kind of pissed. Like when dad came home, it was like oh, room clean, everything clean. And and I would just kind of hide for a while. Yeah. Um, but my mom did think I was just super quiet and an introvert. But then I was in Girl Scouts growing up. And I loved Girl Scouts. In fact, they had to like kick me out because I didn't want to be a leader. I like went through high school being a Girl Scout. Really? Mm. When do you age out of the Girl Scouts? Yeah, like before high school. Before high school? <laughs> yeah, okay. like you don't, you either become a leader, uh-huh. which I didn't like little kids, but I just wanted to be a part of a group. Uh-huh. Anyway, we're good. Linda seems the leader. <clears throat> she kind of put it by Troop 408. You know what I mean? It's like that was my jam. you got to go find your own way now, Katie. Ugh, I know, I didn't like it. But I did make a mean cookie. Yeah. I did. Yeah, the Girl Scouts would also make cookies? No, we would, I'm sorry, we would decorate them. We would okay. always do kind of a fun craft. That just seems like a conflict of interest. Well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. She had to keep our hands busy. Okay. Uh, but my mom would pick me up from Girl Scouts or a friend's house, and I was just me. Like, I was singing and entertaining, and, you know, if I was at my Nana's house, I would always put on plays, and I just was, like, who I am. Mm-hmm. It was almost like I got accepted. Yeah. And so I remember my mom saying when I was like 11 or 12, like, oh, you're, you're a different person. And I just, I remember being kind of shamed by that. Like, oh yeah, why don't I do this at home? Now looking back, of course, I didn't want to like upset anybody. I wanted to just kind of keep out of the way. Yeah. I always kind of felt like, you know, um, I'm here if you need me, but I, I know that I'm a lot. So... That's kind of how I always was, like, growing okay. up. Okay. So, yeah. Right on. All right, number two. Are you Didn't ready? Didn't mean to turn this back onto you. No, it's good. I'm <laughs> glad. Uh, as a teenager, A, I felt completely alone and isolated from others. B, I was versatile and adapted well to new su- situations. Or C, I hated school but enjoyed hanging out with friends. Uh, B, yeah. You were versatile and adapted well to new situations? Yeah, I enjoyed my teen years. I was, huh. you know, I had... Fun in high school. Okay. I had pals. I was playing sports. Okay. I had girlfriends. Okay. You know, I definitely went through certain peaks and valleys like any teen, but for the most part, I felt, uh, you know, I'm not saying like I was super popular, but, you know, I had friends, and I think sports had a lot to do with that. Sports was a great way, at least for, I can't speak from a woman's point of view, but obviously, but sports were great for me as a child because, A, it gave you something to do. B, it forced you to be social with your teammates and things of that nature. And then, you know, once you get into high school and stuff, it it definitely helps as far as popularity and status. Like, oh, Dave's on the football team. Yeah, You know, just not that, you know, (laughs) not that um, a lot of value should be placed on that, but I'm just saying my particular situation was just, I had plenty of dickhead buddies. Yeah, you had friends. I had stuff to do. Cool. I enjoyed. That's. I was thinking about that when you're talking about Girl Scouts. I was uh, a Cub Scout for one year, which is a precursor to the Boy Scouts, like kindergarten or first grade or whatever. And uh, it was okay. But then, like the next year, I started playing sports. I played soccer, and then just my whole elementary school career and middle school, I was never involved in the Boy Scouts ever again, other than that one year. And it just always felt like. For me, that was like, oh, that's for boys that don't play sports. 
Mm. Like, why do I want to? Because I didn't understand. Like, I get like the camaraderie and being a part of a group, and yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, there's a lot of positive things that Learn can come from that. Knots, a lot of knot work. But the competitive little goober in me was like, well, what's the end game here? Yeah, like y'all aren't competing against any. I was just like, why would why would a boy go do that when you could just join the baseball team or the soccer team or the basketball team or yeah. like for me, in my opinion, that was always like, oh, those are for boys that don't like sports. You were such a cool kid. I mean, Did I don't enjoy, know if that makes me cool. You weren't just, trying to avoid home, though. It wasn't like I'm avoiding my house because no, you were so no. busy with sports and stuff. Yeah, I, I wasn't avoiding. But it also, I guess, was like, you know, before you can drive, you know, before you're 16 or whatever, it's like, what else am I going to do? I need True. something to do. Like, I never yeah. understood that. I know we're veering off here, but talking about just my perspective as a little kid, I didn't understand boys that didn't play or enjoy sports at all. Like, well, what do you do then? Mm-hmm. And now I get like, yeah, they weren't for everybody. And looking back, you know, I wish I would have maybe spent less time playing sports and more time like learning to play an instrument or right. being in the drama club or whatever. <laughs> like, but you know, when you're 12 and you're a boy, you're yeah. like, what do you mean you don't play sports? Right. I was just like, and then in high school, it's like, okay, well, some of those kids that don't play sports, they're into band, they play music, or they're into theater, or they're skateboarders, or even that was athletic. But, like, I just didn't understand. Like, I would meet kids my age, and I'm like, so what sport do you play? Hmm. And they're like, I don't. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> so that's just so bizarre to me. But, yes, I, I had, you know, B. I was, uh, I adapted pretty well. Okay, I'm, uh, as a teenager, I did hate school, but I did enjoy hanging out with friends because I had a core group. Mm-hmm. We called ourselves the Fab Five. There you go. And we, okay, Aaron, it was cool. Oh, I thought that was Charlie. Okay. That's Aaron in the Aaron background again. Aaron in the again. background. Shout out to Aaron, our director, producer extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so we were called the Fab Five. I, now I look back, we kind of isolated ourselves, and we, but we were cool. Like, it was weird. Like, we were, we we were like, fun. We didn't have any other friends, <laughs> And we didn't do anything, but we were cool. No, but that's the thing. We were in the, I was like class treasurer and class mm-hmm. secretary and were. all that crap. And yeah. I was voted most spirited. Of course you were. You know, senior year. I was prom queen by default because you could only be one, like, anyway, long story short, I was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> but I wasn't sure cool. Yeah. Uh, Harley and Eric and all the other members of the Fab Five were like valedictorians and nerdy cool you know Mm -hmm. and and harley was great at cross country and eric was i don't know long story short i and christina and annie they were cheerleaders and really cool in that group and then there was me that was like i play soccer i got coaches award because i would just sit on the bench um i also did cross country because i didn't want to get fat uh Uh, and then i did track because harley did it that's it what'd you do in track Okay, so I did the 800, uh-huh. that's two laps, okay. and then I also did the mile, that's four laps, uh-huh. and then I did the big one, which was like the two mile, okay. which is eight laps, which no know. one watches, and we would have to start at like earlier in the uh-huh. track meet. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, so I was always busy, but I was avoiding home, because, uh-huh. uh, uh, you know, my sister passed away when I was 13, mm-hmm. right before high school, and my house kind of became sad, and of course, sure. my parents lost their firstborn. So, yeah, I just kind of, I look back on that and I'm like, oh, that's why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kept me busy and it was really good. So, okay, next. <laughs> uh, 
I feel, okay, as an adult, A, I feel bored and sometimes restless, but otherwise okay. B, I feel well-adjusted to my responsibilities. Or C, I feel lost, confused, and overwhelmed most of the time. Probably somewhere between A and B. Okay. You know, an A plus, I don't know. So you feel bored and sometimes restless, sometimes but otherwise I'm bored okay. Restless. Yeah, sometimes I get bored and restless, even though, uh, you know, I preached at you one time that creative people should oh, never yeah. be bored. I said that too to yeah. you. Meaning, and, and I try to adhere to that, but like if you're a creative person, you should never be bored in the sense that if you find yourself being bored, then go create. If you're a comedian, write. If you're a musician, play. Mm-hmm. If you're whatever, do whatever. You know, if you're creative, you if you have any creative ability and if you have any creative outlet, then, you know, in theory, that person should never be bored. Yeah. But sometimes I'm like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> I'm, I'm yeah. lazy. So if I choose not to, you know, go work on my craft or whatever, then beyond that, now I'm bored. Oh, see, you I know? love being lazy, but that's a problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. So I put that for you as an adult. I, um, Okay, so I'm in between I feel bored and sometimes restless, but otherwise okay, or I feel lost, confused, and overwhelmed most of the time. Mm-hmm. But that's I feel lost, confused, and overwhelmed most of the time is my anxiety and crap. Sure. So I don't know which one to do because I'm mm-hmm. on meds. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll just and do... what was B again? I feel well-adjusted well to adjusted. my responsibilities. I am not well-adjusted at all. Well, I think all. you're pretty well-adjusted. Well, I'm medicated. But so? No. I mean, okay, I'll do, okay, I'll do, uh, you know... Adjusted. Okay, next one. Are you ready? Now, are you going to tally my score and this is all going to yes. mean something? Yes, this okay. is 15 questions. Okay. We're on number four. Okay. This is going to mean something. Sure. Is it too long? No, are no. I was just long? wondering okay. where where we're going. This is this. going. Well, and by the way, this is lonerwolf.com. <laughs> sure, man. So it's not, I don't know if it's a, anyway. Yeah, be just, careful. That'll get you on a, a list. Okay. When a difficult situation arises in my life, A, I try to find the lessons to be learned. B, I feel panicky and unprepared. Or C, I grit my teeth and get on with it. A or C. I try to find the lessons to be learned. Mm -hmm. Or C, I grit my teeth and get on with it. I mean, a little bit of both. Okay, so which one? You only choose one. It's lonerwolf.com, everybody. You get one shot. I I grit my teeth and try to get on with it. Cool. All right, and then I'm going to say, yeah, because we got to go through these. Sorry. So stop talking about yourself. When a difficult situation arises in my life, um, I feel panicky and unprepared. Yay! Okay. When someone wrongs me, A, I try to forgive them. B, I get deeply upset and hold a grudge. Or C, I get angry and withdraw my trust. I mean, all these, this is my problem with all these type of quizzes. I know, I know you hate Because... This. They're so general and vague. You know, when someone wrongs me, does that mean a stranger in traffic that I don't know or a friend I've trusted for years? Let's go with a friend you've trusted for years. Okay. Because I don't think they're talking about strangers Uh because this is some inner deep shit. Yeah, because I do have issues with that, with road rage and stuff. We we all know. (laughs) Don't drive with Dave. Give me the options again. I try to forgive them. Mm -hmm. I get deeply upset and hold a grudge or I get angry and withdraw my trust. Three, two, one. Probably C. I get angry. I'm not proud of that, but yeah, Yeah. I I withdraw. Like, and again, what do you mean by wrongs me? You know, like if 
If my buddy was 10 minutes late for lunch, that might annoy me, but he didn't necessarily run. But then I've had, I've had friendships in the past where, you know, just complete stab in the back. And it was like, oh, shit. I never saw that coming from you. I trusted you. I, you were up here for me, but now that you've done this, I'm withdrawn. I'm angry and withdrawn. Yeah. You know? Totally. So I'm definitely guilty of getting angry and withdrawing from, you know, people who I felt like have wronged me. 100%. I get deeply upset and hold a grudge. I will. I try not to hold a grudge. Like, I know it's definitely human nature to do so, but. I, you know, that's something I've tried to get around as far as like, you know, what good does that do to hold a grudge? And also we all do it. Mm -hmm. We all do it. We all get wronged Mm -hmm. and we all feel like, oh God, but that's why forgiveness is a big deal. And that's really hard for me. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Hard. Um, Next question. I have dark and disturbing thoughts sometimes frequently or rarely, but when I do, I accept them. That's you. I have darkened. Oh, this is thoughts. just a yes or no. Yeah, sometimes, frequently, or rarely. Oh, sometimes, frequently, or rarely. Yeah. Uh, dark and disturbing thoughts, mm-hmm. and rarely, but when I do, I accept them. Probably rarely. Okay. Good. And again, an example being I know. what I know. Like I have dark and disturbing <laughs> thoughts when I <laughs> think about the shit I saw when I was a cop. You know, sometimes well, that's yeah. in the back of my mind and. That's dark and disturbing. But as far as just, you know, starting from a neutral position, mm-hmm. you know, am I often inundated with dark and disturbing thought? And again, what, what would qualify as a dark and disturbing thought? But like. No, these are great questions. And you're a critical thinker mm-hmm. and very logical. So, yeah, I can imagine this test is bothering you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we'll get through it. Uh-huh. Okay, last. Uh, we got. Six you more. You don't have to rush. Well, I'm do, sorry. Do I just thing. feel We're not like... on a time okay. limit. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. I am addicted to people slash things that sabotage my health. Yes or no? Well, definitely not people, but, uh, you know, I guess I could be guilty of being addicted to food that okay. sabotages my health. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That could be a thing. Uh-huh. Um, I'm addicted. Yes. Weed. I'm not I don't like, think the weed is sabotaging your health, though, is it? I don't know. I'm just... That's how I kind of justify my alcohol and drug use. And <laughs> No, what I mean, and I'm being serious here, like, I, I know this is something an alcoholic would say, but, like, I don't think alcohol's other than my health, I know alcohol's not good for your health, but it's never affected my life in that it's never cost me my job, it's never cost me a relationship, it's never effect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we we were talking about this yesterday off air, and we, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but, like, there are times if I'm just kind of footloose and fancy free, where, like, this week I'm partying and don't really care, where I'll, I can really booze it, booze mm-hmm. it up with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I, I used to think, you know, oh, am I an alcoholic? And I, I definitely don't think I am for this one example. It's when, like, my favorite drink is a bourbon and Coke. Mm-hmm. And if we have a six-pack of Coke and a bottle of Bullet in there, that's going to always be tempting to me. Like, you know, especially at night when it's time to unwind and watch the game. Like, a bourbon and Coke is always tempting to me. Mm-hmm. That is always tempting to me. But, however, there's been many a times where we have bourbon but no Coke. And, be- I mean, sometimes if I'm trying to watch my calories but still want to drink, I'll drink bourbon on the rocks. That's mm-hmm. fine. 
but I don't crave just bourbon on the rocks or bourbon neat the way I crave bourbon and Coke. So my logic is like, oh, I'm not addicted to the alcohol. I'm addicted to the sugar. Right. And I, and I truly, this isn't just me justifying no, my behavior, but like, I agree with seriously, you. if we had bourbon in there right now with no Coke, even I haven't drank in a week now, that would be no temptation to me. But if we had some ice cold Coke and bourbon, I'd be like, oh man, I'd really like to get on that. 100%. So based on that logic, I think it's the sugar I had a problem with, not necessarily the alcohol. Okay. So. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, next one. Ready? I feel as though there are many sides of me that haven't been fully expressed. A, probably. B, definitely. I have a lot of, I have a lot to express that I keep hidden. Or C, not really. I'm very self-expressive. C, I'm self-expressive in that I'm a comedian and a podcaster. And Mm -hmm. I have ample opportunity to express myself in any format. So Okay. I put probably. I I used to not. I used to be, uh, you knew me. I I do that persona thing Mm -hmm. where I'm, happy Katie and like everything's fine and I feel like I have to entertain for people yeah and and keep talking and it could come off almost narcissistic but I'm just filling space um because again when my sister passed I wanted my parents to be happy so my dad never wanted me to cry about my sister's death he would yell at me if I did and so I became should let like a comic let her cry yeah said a wise man one time one time named Hootie Hootie and the blowfish, yeah. let her cry. I love That's that just, song. I'm not crapping on your dad, but like. No, it was hard. 13 year old girl just lost her sister. She's going to need to cry a little bit. Well, David. yeah. Sure. And I just think that was his stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't imagine being a parent and being in his position, yeah. but yeah, it was, that makes sense. Like I just went all the way happy mm-hmm. and I just hid my shadowy self. Like, okay, no, grief is bad. All this is bad. Mm-hmm. Let's hide it. All right, next. Around other people, I feel, A, withdrawn, <laughs> anxious, paranoid, B, fueled, excitable, open to sharing, or C, shy at first and observant. I mean, this might sound weird coming from a comedian, but I've always f- fell under the, the shy and observant yeah. category. Interesting. In that, like, I get enough of, uh, I get enough attention on the podcast and on stage. I've, I never wanted to be one of these comedians because they're so damn annoying. These comics that just can't turn it off, mm-hmm. even when you're hanging after the show. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I can name you a dozen comics off the top of my head. We're like, great comics, nice people, but dude, can you stop dancing? Can you calm down? Yeah, always We're on. off stage. It's like improv people. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm one of you. Right. You don't have to do this for me. Right. You know? So I've always been, uh, and it is weird, I guess, to be shy, not that I'm shy, but I would, I don't need, I hate attention off stage. Meaning, yeah. Last week I was talking about being at the Dodgers Braves game, and there's just a guy just yelling at the umpire the whole day. I don't, I never want to be that guy. Mm-mm. I mean, I, I can have fun in public and I can cut loose, but I don't need attention yeah. from strangers. In public. I hate that. Yeah. The guy driving through the parking lot, blasting his car stereo. Ugh. Yeah. Who wants all these people looking at you? They need that the attention. Sor- yeah. No, I've never been or wanted to be that guy. So. Yeah. Yeah, I'd much rather just observe. Well, I think, yeah, I definitely get fueled and open to sharing mm-hmm. with people because I like people. Uh, 
yeah, I could be one of those people if I'm not artistically doing stuff, yeah. you know, because you want to get your yeah. crap out. And maybe that's the thing. Maybe the people I'm talking mm-hmm. about don't have an outlet like mm-hmm. a podcast or a stand-up comedy show or whatever. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know what it's like. Well, I do know what it's like to be that guy because I wasn't always a comedian. But even in my younger days, I, I don't think... I mean, high school, you know, you're around your buddies. That's a different situation. You're always, but this, my default just in public, I never was the look at me guy. Yeah. You know? Um, okay, next one. I have a mental illness, depression, OCD, bipolar. A, not that I know of. B, yes, I do. Mine's yes, I do. I mean, yeah, I guess I suffer from a certain degree of depression, but I always just assumed. You know, a certain amount of that is just human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I want to meet the person who's never been depressed at all. But well, again, uh, that's embracing shadows. Yeah, right. That's yeah. embracing. Oh, I feel sad. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that. But like, we'll put it this way: I've never, and I feel like I'm fairly self-aware, but I've never been to the point where I thought, "Well, I need to go talk to a professional, or I need to get on meds, or." I've so never we'll been to therapy, and I've never of. been on meds, so. Yeah. yeah. You've never been diagnosed with a mental illness. No, okay, cool. I have many. <laughs> okay, my outlook on life is A, realistic, apathetic, B, optimistic or hopeful, or C, pessimistic. Oh, boy, that's a tough one. You know. So I realistic, mean, apathetic, B, optimistic or hopeful, C, pessimistic. I would say A. Okay. Realistic and apathetic. You are realistic, but you are super positive, though. I'm positive. You're one of the most positive people. Well, I I try to be, but at the same time, you know, I think that's a choice. That's that's me choosing to focus on the positive and the good in life because, you know, it would be very easy to, especially in the day and age that we live in, to be, you know, pessimistic. Like, maybe I'm pessimistic about the world in general or humanity in general, but at the same time, I can't consciously and willingly be that way because my my actual life is pretty sweet yeah it's pretty rad yeah you know so well, I, they, I i feel like you know and i know people like that i mean yeah, i've got real good friends that are <laughs> very successful mm-hmm. very respected mm-hmm. doing what they're meant to do mm-hmm. and that's still not enough mm-hmm. it's like so and I know that, you know, success or money doesn't necessarily equate to happiness, but like, you know, I try to, re- whenever I do get down or pessimistic, I try to remember like, oh, okay, well, look at your actual life and mm-hmm. things are pretty good. Yeah. So it would be disingenuous of me to just walk around just, you know, Mr. Grouchy all the time when, you know, and again, not like, not a humble brag or not, but like, I'm sure... There are certain people out there that would look at my life or my whatever and be like, that seems pretty okay. Yeah. So I have to remind myself of that, and I think that self-awareness keeps me from being pessimistic and negative too much. Right. So. I I, I agree. I, I think mine is I'm optimistic. It took a long time. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, uh, they have this uh, saying in therapy and stuff which is there's a good wolf and a bad wolf inside of you inside of your brain kind of the yin yang thing and uh whatever you feed is what will grow so i think that must be hard for comics and um and i i am a comic i have to say that now uh but you are a comic uh 
if you have a negative perception, that's got to be tough because then you just grow that and grow mm-hmm. that and grow that. And that might be super funny at first, but then it just gets into your whole life, mm-hmm. it feels like. Anyway, um, okay. Have- that's what attracted me you, to you initially, by really? the way. Really? Was just your over, your general sense of positivity. Oh, Lord. You know, because especially living out here and being surrounded by comedians, there's so many people of your generation or my generation or younger, especially out here, especially in the comedy world that are just jaded and cynical and over it. And I get it. I get why some Mm -hmm. people are that way, but like, I just, I felt like I was at the time I met you, I felt like I was just inundated with all my peers and everybody was just over it and jaded and cynical. And then when I met you, you're just like, Hey, I'm a goofball. (laughs) And I'm like, who's that gal? I love, and I, you know, I'm getting sappy now, but I've told you this off air, like, seriously, like, your energy and your spirit, it's like a vitamin for me. Like, I need it every day. Because, like, you, so many people are just a bummer. And and again, I get it. I get why you might be bummed out, whomever. Life is so hard. The world, the country, maybe your personal situation. But at the end of the day... We're still human beings that get to live and breathe, and we have our health, and, you know, we we live in an America, and, and, you know, we're free to do it. And I know, I mean, yes, we could dissect things to death, and there's always problems, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm a semi-able-bodied, mm-hmm. semi-intelligent human being. Living who in a first-world country. Living in a first-world country. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to go out and kill my dinner every night. I right. don't have to go you know, find my water and bring it back. Like there's a lot of convenience and luxury that I enjoy. And, uh, I try to remind myself of that and appreciate that. And that's why like your energy and your positivity, uh, was such a breath of fresh air when we first met. And that's why I was like, she's going to be in my life. I know. <laughs> but you really are like a vitamin, Aww, boo, and I need you, you every day. Well, ditto. You know, because you're just, uh, we should get married. And, and not just that, <laughs> we already are. and not that, you know, you're, this way 24 seven. I mean, you've, you know, you've been very open about your struggles night, and stuff, but, <laughs> but my point is we all have our things and we all have peaks and valleys, but what's your default? You know, whenever, what's your average, what's your default? Like when everything is just, you know, not out of whack is your default optimistic and positive, or is your default just, I'm a negative curmudgeon. Mm-hmm. And I feel like your default is just optimistic and positive, and it's just so refreshing, and just I bask in it. So, well, I love your vibe, Boo. I love your vibe, and I I'm not just trying to compliment you, but side note, you're such a grounding person in the warmest, loveliest way, and what you do is create an environment of welcoming and fun, and you you have such depth to you that it grounds me so I don't just go up into the sky hmm. and, you know, live in Mount Hood. Is that a mountain? Yes, it's a mountain. Okay. Leave Next one. Mm-hmm. All right. I tend to escape from or repress anything that makes me feel unhappy about myself. True? False? I guess sometimes. I escape or repress anything that makes, makes me, me unha- feel unhappy about myself. I tend to escape from or repress anything that makes me feel unhappy about myself. I don't know how I would do that. How would I escape something um, that makes Just me... not how I said with uh, with my sister passing and uh-huh. how I wasn't allowed to grieve. That was something, okay, I have to repress that. 
and I'm not going to, I'm uh-huh. going to shut that door and lock it. And that makes me feel unhappy about myself. So I'm not going to look. No, I think the only thing that really, you know, I've struggled with, I don't, you know, and this, I guess, falls under both mental and physical, but, you know, I've always struggled with my weight. Yeah. And, uh, but it doesn't, it's not something I feel unhappy. I try about. to, I try to, no, I definitely am unhappy about it sometimes, but I try not to ignore it and shove it under the rug because okay. I know it's something, well, it's there, it's ever present. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, ah, oh, there's too much of you. So I can't avoid it. Aww. Right. But also I know that there's no benefit from avoiding it or, or shoving it into the shadow because it's a thing that I need to address and, and constantly work on. Yeah. But I'm not saying like, other than that, I'm perfect. Right. But uh, no, that's just the one looming thing that's constantly like, ah, come on, dude, you got to fix this. You got to fix this, this one thing. Not that it's the only thing, but it's the most obvious and ever present thing that like, all right, you got to work on this thing here. Yeah. You got to lose some weight. You got to be healthier. So, but I don't think I, I slide it under the rug. So whatever answer that would be. Yeah. I, I yeah. Uh, for me, I put, well, I said false. Cause I don't think you escape from it. Like mm-hmm. you said, yeah, I don't escape. From um, it. Ooh, mm-hmm. sorry. That was our second timer. We're going to keep going. No, peeps. Yeah. Do your thing. Uh, I, do I do I repress things that make me feel unhappy because I'm vain and yeah I mean <laughs> that's hard yeah I do look at my shadow self but sometimes I get into ADHD mode where I'm like I don't I'll look at that later mm-hmm. I'll, I'll procrastinate on it because it is hard mm-hmm. to uh, face that stuff um okay next one my relationships are a strained dramatic or dysfunctional b mostly vibrant fresh and loving or C, generally enjoyable but complex. My relationships, mm-hmm. you know, also meaning friendships, and mm-hmm. that's funny. We were just talking about that before we started recording today. I know. <laughs> At least you have friends that are alive. <laughs> All my friends are. Dead. I would say C. <laughs> okay. Yeah, generally good, but there's you know I definitely have some issues with some people. Not like big issues, but just like ah, yeah. this guy wasn't so much this way. Um, okay, two more. I have a morbid obsession or preoccupation with something in my life. I have a morbid obsession, yes or no. I have a morbid obsession or preoccupation with something in my life. This is a hard, I don't understand this I don't question. think so, yeah. No? I think that would fall under, like, addiction, that, those kind of things. Like, yeah. I'm obsessed with something that's, I mean, you I mean, know, you could argue. Is. Yeah, you could argue. I don't, I mean, it's something I joke about, but I don't think I'm obsessed with food. Yeah. You know, I enjoy it and I <laughs> don't eat the right kind most of the time, but I don't, I don't think that would be like an obsession or preoccupation. Right. And I'm not addicted to anything else that I'm aware of. So no. I would say nay. All right. Last one. Mm-hmm. I am self-destructive. No, sometimes often. Well, again, I guess sometimes I'm self-destructive with mm-hmm. my health. Okay. You know, I'm not uh, doing everything I should do to, to live a healthy lifestyle. But so, yeah. Okay. Sometimes. And here we go. Are you ready to hear my score? The How'd I do? Here you go. Okay. You have a medium shadow self. Okay. Okay. Uh, shadow self. What does that mean? 
Almost all of us are raised believing that we have to hide or repress rejected parts of ourselves, which are unlovable, unacceptable, or taboo. As a result, this is our shadow. Oh, there's Harvey. Um, Harvey's our cat. Sorry, guys. <laughs> However, the longer we repress parts of ourselves, the bigger the shadow grows. Okay. Okay. So this can lead to self-medicating and self-hatred. And the medication could be drugs, alcohol, abuse, neuroticism, ner- neuroticism. Oh my gosh. Neurotic? That could be a, okay, sorry. <laughs> anyway, and relationship dysfunction. Uh, sorry, that just threw me. While your shadow self isn't consuming your life, you may find it creeping up on you when you least expect it. Okay, so if you would like to learn more, blah, blah, blah. But so basically, you have awareness of your shadow, but it's it, it can creep in with triggers. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's see how high my shelf is <laughs> or whatever. Oh, I have medium. So I have me- the exact same thing. So yeah, this okay. test sucks, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we spent uh, an hour on it. <laughs> no, but... Um, Okay, to kind of sum it up, people do shadow work to get into your inner child. Mm -hmm. This is basically therapy, right? Mm -hmm. If we look at something and and acknowledge it and accept it, you can fold it up and put it away. But if we just repress it, it's like it's like it's like crinkling up, crinkling up like a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. and it becomes bigger, Mm -hmm. right? So then you just keep crinkling it up, crinkling it up, and then all of a sudden it's huge and you're yelling at somebody in CVS about fake nails. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that will come out. The shadow will come out in ways where you're like, why did I react that way? Mm -hmm. So there is that. So Dr. Young is like, Hey, let's look at this. And all those questions, by the way, are great because that test wasn't crap. It was great because, um, you have to go in, those questions are pointed. Mm-hmm. Like, when was the exact time you felt shame? Or mm-hmm. when was the exact time, you know, growing up that you were taught certain things? We were taught a total, you know, our our family system is like a school, right? So we all have parts. Like, there's the principal. My dad was the principal. My mom was the teacher. Like, you know, there's, there's the student of the family. There's the outlier. And we have those stories, and they get ingrained Mm -hmm. because that's every day that's how you live then you're kicked out of the house basically and you're in your adulthood and you know you have a tizzy over a broken dish and you have no idea why well your mom probably broke a dish once and freaked out and scared you so that's what shadow work does you you put a light on something really hard and and try to figure out what that is and then you work through it through therapy it's interesting because there's a therapy part of this where people make mini houses. <laughs> like, you know, the tiny little houses people make, like miniatures, like oh, dollhouses. Oh, okay, yeah. And they and they take their tactileness and they start working on what they want. And it makes them really go into their home life. Like, what kind of home and what kind of life do you want to live in this thing. Hmm. So they kind of just started, it was like a craft art therapy mm-hmm. type of thing. So yeah, there's different sides of it. There's meditation, there's journaling, and this stuff is all Googleable. And uh, 
a lot of it is, it's hard. It's going to unleash some stuff, but that's why you have to journal or you mm-hmm. have to kind of take this work seriously mm-hmm. because if you're not ready for it, it will just, oof, it's, it's a lot. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. So that's shadow work. That's interesting, boo. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I think it's good. I think it's all mind, body. Everything's kind of just, it's all the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just framed differently, right? Yeah. So if we acknowledge, like like the Lizzo thing, if she acknowledges, why do I do this? Mm-hmm. Wait, where in my childhood did I get shamed for something or whatever it is? That's hard. Yeah. That's hard work, especially for entitled people or famous people who think they're perfect. Uh, that's hard. Because mm-hmm. you have to look in the mirror and be like, oh, my God. Yeah. Ew. But it's like a tumor. It'll grow and grow and grow, and it'll come out in really bad ways. So. Mm-hmm. Let's all just work on our shadows, people, and accept yourself. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm a neurotic psycho, but I love myself now. <laughs> took a while. Took a while. And it's a daily practice, but yeah. here I am. Well, you're great at that, Boo. And this is uh, this has been very informative because, again, like, I'm aware of some of this stuff. Like, I, you know, I think about these kind of things. I think about why do I think this way? Why do I behave this way? Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I've I've never been schooled on it. You know, I mm-hmm. don't have uh, any educational background in this. I haven't even been to therapy. I, I do appreciate your firsthand experience with all this stuff. And like, again, you're not a trained psychiatrist, nope. but like, you obviously have a, a background in this with your own journey, with your own therapy, grief, you know, and grief, all that. and figuring yep. out how your brain works. And uh, yeah, I think sometimes if I'm not thinking about it too much i just think well that's just how we are as humans you know and that's just crinkling it up and throwing it over Mm -hmm. but But i think sometimes it's beneficial to to analyze it and think okay well why do i feel this way and what can i do to alter that or tweak that you know and also know that thoughts are just like headlights like Mm -hmm. you see them coming and they go right Mm -hmm. it's just you we all have thoughts Mm -hmm. uh There are no exceptions. Every single person. I just want people to leave with this. The nature of being human is to possess both a light and a dark side. And we all need to embrace that and Mm -hmm. accept each other. There's light and dark to everything. And two things can be truthful at once, right? Mm -hmm. You could hold both things. Mm -hmm. And so let's try to be gentle with ourselves and others and hold both. That's all. That's how I'll leave the shadow work segment. Hey, you're welcome. I like uh, it, Boo. Thank you. Thank I like you. It. Well, thank you for all the shadow work, Boo Boo. You got it, baby. Uh, any word of mouth this week? You got anything you're excited about? Uh, BravoCon, I'm deeply in. I've yeah. already, um, I'd like to give a shout out to my Orange County ladies. Uh, the Real Housewives of Orange County, this season, on fire. Very good. Also, uh, you know, shout out to Heather Debro. I know she probably listens. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just love her. And who's she again? She's Fancy Pants on <laughs> The Real Housewives of OC. Uh, she is just hilarious. She's like a very motherly figure. Uh, but yeah, I'm getting into all the Housewife franchises because I got to read up. I mean, I'm going to be meeting these people in November. There you go. <laughs> uh, Boo, do you have any plugs? Uh, I got a word of mouth. Word of mouth, I mean. Yeah. Um, very excited. Uh, people who know me know my... Uh, affinity for country music. Oh, yes. I'm a big country music guy. And when I say country music, I mean like the good stuff. Yeah. Not the radio slop. I like the radio slop. I, I can't stand. Carrie Underwood Red is Cup, beautiful. Red Cup, country. 
Before uh, but, he cheats. Yeah. Magnificent. I haven't heard that one. Okay. Uh, but one of my favorite artists just dropped a new album this week, Tyler Childers. Ooh. Now, he's blowing up in that genre. I still don't know, you know, if he's a household name, if the average person walking down the street who doesn't listen to country music knows who he is. But uh, just been blowing up the last few years. Uh, Kentucky dude. I think this is probably his sixth album, if I had to guess. You know, oh, and he's so good. To keep up. Uh, but one thing, I mean, I love just his his songwriting. I love just his style of music. But uh, the thing I love the most is there's been a surge in the last five or ten years uh, in the alt-country genre. Um, I mean, it goes all the way back to, like, Steve Earle. But what I'm talking about is, like, progressive-thinking country boys. I love, you know, being a Georgia boy, being a country boy myself, you know, I've always had to to battle that stereotype that, oh, you're from Georgia, so you're probably a bigot, homophobe, conservative. Not necessarily. Nope. I was raised around a lot of that, and I was exposed to a lot of that, but I think part of being an adult and thinking for yourself is growing up and forming your own values and opinions and uh, Breaking away from maybe what you've been inundated with uh, through childhood. But uh, Tyler Childers, very progressive dude. Um, the new album, Rusting in the Rain, uh, it's, it's kind of a shorter one. I think there's only maybe seven songs on it. But uh, the first single, it's called In Your Love, and uh, very good stuff. But the video to it uh, tells a story. Uh, he's a big coal mining guy. He comes from coal mining country in Kentucky, uh, eastern Kentucky there. I think his dad worked in the coal mine. So a lot of his lyrics or about where he's from and what he experienced. And, um, you know, in that part of the country, coal mining has and still is a pretty big uh, part of that culture. So the song, In Your Love, the new one, um, the lyrics per se, you can't really identify any of what he's talking about. But in the in the video, mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those kind of uh, cinematic narrative type videos where there's a story being played out. But uh, it's about two gay coal miners. Aww. And it Lovely. looks looks kind of a period piece, maybe you know, back in the '40s or '50s when it was definitely oh. shunned. Upon, uh, that kind of thing was yeah. shunned, uh, even today in that part of the country. I'm sure it's probably not embraced, but just a story about it's a love song that just happens to be about two dudes. Yeah, and I just oh, he's getting so much backlash. What? Oh yes, yeah. No. Same same way with Sturgill Simpson. Same way with Jason Isbell. Same way with my beloved drive-by truckers. Like, if you just listen to the music, you're like, oh, this is just redneck hillbilly music. And in a way, it is. And that's part of the what I love. I love just that old classic country sound and all that. But uh, the thing now is a lot of the rednecks, a lot of the um, closed-minded what-have-yous, you know, who might be attracted to folks like Tyler or Sturgill or Isbell or whomever based on their sound, once they start listening to the lyrics, they're like, huh, Wait a minute. <laughs> and he's just, he's pissing off. He's weeding out the idiots. And I'm oh, such a that. fan of that. Good. You know? Good. Hey, guess what? I If you're a closed-minded, homophobic bigot, I don't want you at my show. And you probably so, are a homo. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. How dare you? Homo is such a funny word. Is I that, know you're not. No, you're not. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, you yeah. probably are a homosexual your, man your or woman. Your intent is right. I'm sorry. Your intent is there. My ins- yeah, I was I just trying think, to stand up for... No, I know, yes. I know what you're saying. Yeah, screw But people. I just, uh, it just tickles me so much that uh, drive-by truckers have always been, if you listen to the lyrics, they've always been left-leaning. They've always been progressive. But the last few albums have been pretty overt. Good. So now people are like, what the fuck? And it's like, hey, dumbass, they've always been that way. Yeah. You're just not listening. 
And I just love seeing all these bigots uh, get pissed off at folks like Tyler Childers because he's gone woke. I love how that's such an insult now. This woke guy. Oh, you mean the guy has empathy? Yeah. Oh, what an asshole. What a dick. Um, But, yeah, I'm just, I'm really... uh, I'm really proud of this whole crew of artists that uh, come from the South yeah. and embrace certain parts of the culture. And that's what I try to, uh, Patterson Hood talks about the duality of the Southern thing, meaning, you know, I lo- there's a certain charm you've experienced. The, the South has a charm to it. The culture, the food, the geography, there's definitely a charm to it. But the duality, meaning our history, you know, with racism and mm-hmm. every, you know, starting even pre-Civil War, but just that, you know, there's definitely, and, and I can attest to it, even to this day, there's definitely uh, still a certain percent of the population in the South that's just closed-minded, yeah. anti-gay, you know, anti-this, anti-that. And I just, I love seeing all these idiots get their panties in a wad because uh, Tyler Childers wrote a song about two dudes being in love. Guess what? Gay people exist. Mm-hmm. They, they fall in love. It makes for great storytelling. Get the fuck over it. People fall in love. Yeah, people fall in love. People but fall in I'm love, saying, and that's it. People well, just, fall in love, And I could it. go on a rant for hours, but just even the Bud Light thing, like, mm-hmm. oh, they, they got to trip. Other people exist. Other And those people drink mm-hmm. beer, and those people listen to country music, mm-hmm. and those people do all the other things that everybody else does. Other pe- Get people, over it. Yeah, some people don't believe in Jesus. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. It's true. Yeah, it's love how Ugh. I love how that person is so quick to tell you, you know, not to shove it down our throats. It's like, all right, well then tell your Christian brothers to do the same. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> you know, don't try to put us in there. Yeah, Come I mean, on, just this whole beat you over the head with it. Well, in that every Christian I've ever met, I was told you know? after my mama passed. I remember uh, my uncle, who's very, very Christian, very conservative. And he was like, how's your walk with Jesus? And I was like, am I supposed to be walking with him? And where? How? What? And so, yeah. And not to bash, you know, I'm not the point being is it's, it's my thing. My walk with Jesus is my business. Also, yeah, Dolly Parton's Worry Christian, about your own shit. But she also loves everybody, yeah. and kindness is awesome. Okay, anyway, so But yeah, check out the new Tyler Childers, Rust in the Rain. Yeah, uh, So good. If you're not familiar with him and you, you vaguely like country music, I mean, it's it's just, it's so good. Some of what he does, it just hits the nail on the head. Yeah, he's great. Plugs, uh, Boo, where can we find you on Instagram? KT Low Strandberg, just like it sounds. There you go. And Boo. You. I got some things to plug. Uh, my new album, the, the special's been out for a while. Uh, that's still on YouTube, Pack a Lunch. Uh, feel free to check that out if you haven't already. It's awesome. Um, it's also, uh, you can find it on all the streaming uh, audio versions. Uh, but also, there's a vinyl version now. Uh, two LP, really nice cover art. Uh, Barry the Art Guy, Barry Blankenship, did did the whole artistic layout. Uh, it's a gatefold, a lot of cool stuff on there. Two LP. Uh, colored, uh, translucent vinyl, uh, and these are limited edition. I think there's not many left. I have, they sent me a grip of 50 of them. So, um, yeah, you can you can order it from blondemedicine.com. Okay. I think they've got a few left, or you can order directly from me. Just uh, message me on Instagram, Instagram uh, underscore Dave Stone, and uh, I will tell you how to purchase that. 40 bucks, shipping's included if you live in the continental U.S. But, uh, yeah, my, my second album on vinyl so that's pretty dope especially awesome. being a vinyl guy myself uh i'm pretty happy with that but yeah if you'd like a copy of pack a lunch uh two lp 40 bucks because it is a two lp you know if it was just a single it would be a little more uh reasonably priced around 25 or so but uh 
Vinyl's getting it more and more expensive to press. So, uh, but yeah, 40 bucks. Holler at me on Instagram, underscore Dave Stone, if you would like a copy. Also, tour dates coming up October 6th. I'll be in Kalamazoo, Michigan Whee! at Duggar's Up and Over. Uh, October 7th, I'll be in Cincinnati, Ohio at The Comet, doing two shows there. And on the 8th of October, you can catch me headlining the Milwaukee Comedy Festival uh, at the Laughing Tap. I'll be in Milwaukee at the Laughing Tap on October 8th. All those uh, tickets available right now at dumbdavestone.com. Uh, more dates coming up in November. I'll be out and about December. I got a real fun thing I'm excited to announce that I can't announce yet. But uh, I'll be doing kind of a group tour with three it's other buddies. It's amazing. I think you guys are going to just... going to be a hell of a show. You're going to plutz. And like plots. I mentioned earlier, uh, Patreon. Uh, uh, Patreon.com slash Dave's Kitchen. I give you one cooking video every month. We give you one podcast every month. So uh, check that out if you're wanting uh, bonus content of me and food and cooking. And uh, also, like we announced last week, this is our second episode on YouTube. We're now. on YouTube. So please go to our uh, YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash at the Stonebergs podcast. Uh, please subscribe. And that way you can stay up to date. And like with- it. Like, like and subscribe. Yeah, I don't care if you like it. I just want you to subscribe. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm sure the likes and all that helps the algorithm. But I'm not. I'm. I'm it's not going to ask too much of you. Okay. You know, yeah. I just want you to, to go clicks. and subscribe. Let's just do one. You like at your own pace. We'll get that. But, <laughs> yeah, you uh, don't have to like us. But yeah, full episodes uh, starting last week. Moving forward, we'll uh, pretty much uh, we're going to try to have every episode uh, up on our YouTube cham- channel. Uh, the Stonebergs podcast. So check that out. And we're getting back to calls before we exit for the day. I Mm -hmm. just want to say, guys, um, my question to everybody, if you want to call in, have, do you have a shadow self Mm -hmm. and have you worked through it in what way? Yeah. Uh, It doesn't have to be shadow work necessarily, or do you have a question about what we talked about? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Let us know. Or if you just want to talk about snakes, I'm into it. Yeah. The number is... 562-548-2012. We love you. All right. Boo, this is great. Uh, great info. Great info. As always, I, I appreciate my uh, weekly dose of vitamin K. Aw, ditto. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, but you're D. Vitamin uh, but, D. Or B. Yeah, I, anyway. that's already a real All thing. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Let's end this plane. I love you and the Lord loves you. Oh, thank you for listening. We love you. Bye.
Okay, thank you.